the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan Subscribe and Drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at Nissan.ie. Very welcome back to the Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cudahy with you until 7 o'clock. It is that time of the week on a Thursday when Tom Dunn joins us uh, to talk about the week in music. Uh, Tom, before we listen to anything, I suppose we should mention uh, Glastonbury. Probably no great surprise it's not going to go ahead this year. No, no great surprise, but you would have to say a bit of a disappointment as well. There's some some party who still kind of hopes with vaccines and everything that it might, you know, come into play. But it's such a big festival, 210 thousand people the biggest greenfield uh, gig in the world so much organizing of this so much has to be signed off in advance it was always going to be the one that would fall at the first hurdle if anything was going to fall but it doesn't necessarily mean that all the festivals are off smaller festivals still have a chance there's a later date on needing to make a decision on them the end of march i think for some of them so there's still a chance you'll get a reduced festival season not what you'd like but i think last year we it was always the one that was likely to fall and it has. Yeah, baby steps maybe. We'll get back to, there will certainly be live music this year. I think we probably can all agree on that. But yeah, Glastonbury might have been a step too far. Listen, let's take a quick listen to this. Ah, oh, there are nets, of course. Why are we playing that, Tom? Uh, the man who produced that, uh, Phil Spector, died over the weekend, died in prison for the murder of Lana Clarkson. And on Sunday night when I saw it, one of my friends was texting me and saying, whatever you do, don't go on Twitter and say anything about Phil Spector because the debate online was just absolutely toxic about him. But I was lucky on Tuesday, I was able to talk to Mick Brown, journalist at The Telegraph, who wrote a book about him called Tearing Down the Wall of Sound, The Rise and Fall of Phil Spector. And he made the very simple point that you can you can be a musical genius and a murderer, I'm afraid the two yeah. of them, they can coexist, you know. Can I ask, what is the wall? Like, th- this was referenced in all the obits, you know, his wall of sound producing technique. And I, I don't understand it. What is the wall of sound? Well, they had very basic recorders, just two track recorders, so two, two things of tape. And what he would do is he would get a band in the studio, and actually lots of musicians in the studio, and get them to play the same thing. So imagine everyone's just playing the chord of A, and he'd record that, and then you'd get them back into the studio and bounce the original recording with the new recording down to the first track. So you, now you have 10 guitars on one track, and the next time you do it, you're going to have 15 and then 20. So you just keep building that up and building up vocals and then adding a bit of reverb. And it just starts to sound incredibly exciting and it really fills the speakers and it sounds like nothing else in the 60s that they'd ever heard before. It leapt out of the speakers and songs like probably the biggest one, The Righteous Brothers, You've Lost That Loving Feeling. Oh, they just sounded epic when you heard them on the radio. He produced that and helped co-write it as well. And that's still the most played song on American radio. He had this run of form around 62 to 66, and he was the hottest producer on the planet. Hits with the Ronettes that you heard there and the Crystals and loads of other bands. And that song, Be My Baby, Brian Wilson heard it in his car. He had to pull over to the side of the road. He thought it was pop perfection. And he said Phil Spector was the single biggest influence on his life in music. So he really was a genius producer, but he was such an incredibly troubled man. He married the girl singing there, Ronnie Spector, and tried to keep her under lock and key, took away her shoes and forbade her from driving in the car without him to the point where he had a life-size model of himself made to sit beside her in the car while she was out when he was away. I mean, it just, it, it beggars belief. Yeah. And then the fascination with guns is off the clock. He fired a gun in the studio with John Lennon. He pressed a gun to the neck of Leonard Cohn 
and uh, he had guns in the studio when he was working with the Ramones as well. But in the interview with, with Mick Brown, Mick Brown got the first interview with him in 25 years back in 2003. And he talked about those things and he talked about his mental health and talked about being schizophrenic and being on drugs and that. And his daughter, and that his daughter was, was teasing him back into the world and she got him to meet a band called Starsetter. They were one of the first bands he, he produced in decades. And he said a thing, I wanted her to look up at me and see this is what a reasonable man is like. Um, but six weeks later, he went out to the House of Blues. He met Lana Clarkson there. She was working as a hostess. She'd been an actress. She'd gone into stand-up and he invited her back to his house and the rest is, is history, as they say. Apparently, he had a dreadful fear of people leaving him, uh, you know, in, during the night. If people wanted to simply go home, he'd eat without the guns. So who knows what happens? But right. I think that point was well made. He was a genius. And sadly, too, he was a murderer and he took the life of Lana Clarkson. Yeah. All right. As you said, uh, passed away this week at the age of 81. Let's take a listen to your album of the week. It is the Grand Brothers, All the Unknown. Tell us about them, Tom. I'm going to wreck your head now, Kieran. Oh. Do you hear every single sound you're hearing there? The percussion, little bits of what sounds like drums and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Every single sound is being made by the piano. Okay, there's nobody else involved. That is just one man at a piano and his, his friend, his trusty sidekick. They're two guys, um, Errol and Lucas. They were in college together in Dusseldorf studying music. And yeah. they wanted to know how far can you take the piano? So they took the, the lid off, the top off a grand piano, and they put little microphones everywhere. There's little hammers inside pianos with, that hit the, the note, hit so the So this strings. isn't like my daughter's keyboard where I press a button on it and it makes these cool sound effects. <laughs> no. Um, so one of them is playing the piano. Because I, I was thinking the other... they're a big deal, Tom. I mean, I've got one of them at home. <laughs> I'll tell them they'll be devastated. <laughs> so... The other one is taking samples of the sounds and then, you know, looping them back. So they're building them back, but everything this is coming from the piano. I came across them around three years ago. I was blown away by them. And I met this guy, John Reynolds, who's the the um, the man who invented the Electric Picnic and the All Together Now Festival, sadly passed away about a year ago. And um, we were putting, we were working on a vinyl festival at the time and, and he started talking to about Grand Brothers. And I was looking at him thinking, I didn't think anyone else in the world had heard this band. This is brilliant, John. And we raved about them. And now this is their third album. And it is a piece of class. Because I know that's a bit of a kind of a, almost a trick thing to do with the piano. But the music is gorgeous. And if you're a fan of stuff like John Hopkins or Tangerine Dream, this is a gem of an album. Really, really beautiful stuff. All right. All the unknown, the Grand Brothers. Uh, we've done a, a gig of the week, but you want to talk to us about Vicar Street. Uh, first of all, let's take a listen. Vision at Vicker Street. What is it, Tom? Yeah. Series of gigs that Vicker Street put together um, just at the tail end of December. Six weeks, a gig each week. Tommy Tiernan chatting to various people and then those people performing. So Christy Moore, David O'Doherty with Villagers. Just there you heard um, CMAT with Villagers as well. Bellex One, Pillow Queens, Lisa Hannigan. Um, just a few days ago was Aslan, Paul Brady and Tolu McKay. Remember I mentioned Tolu McKay? Yes, the highlight yes. of the year. Oh, Number one as we speak. I know. Number one I know. in Ireland. We have listened to it in our house on repeat. 
Oh, I'm telling you, here it's the ground. I, no, and, if Tulu is um, listening, I hate to break it to you, my six-year-old does prefer the Saw Doctor's version, but I think... <laughs> wow, I, I that's a six-year-old who knows what they like. <laughs> I'm very impressed, Carol. Um, anyway, they, they with the venues closed, they had an idea to get Tommy to interview people and get performances in a really beautiful venue. But I have to say, they really are excellent. There's one more to go. They're funny, they're engaging, and the performances are wonderful. And in this time when you can't really see very much, they're all up on YouTube, uh, www.youtube forward slash Aiken Promotions will bring them to you. And you can see such absolute gems as David O'Doherty and Connor from Villagers performing as David Hard, the comedian, mm. uh, no slouch on the piano himself. Yeah, no, um, I've been to his gig. He, I don't know if they still do it. He used to bring out a little keyboard on his lap. Yes, he does. Still does. He does. It's the basis of his of his, of his actual show, to tell the truth. And for him to be singing, it's great to watch him with Connor because Connor is so um, just brilliant. And, and David, you can see he's singing his heart out. He's very aware of the fact that he's sitting beside an actual singer. So he's really going for notes. He gives it socks on them. Um, and it's great. So if you're stuck for you, are thinking, there goes Glastonbury. These are great. They're well worth wow. watching. They're up on YouTube. Tommy Tiernan, excellent as always, uh, and really great performances. And what's your tip of the week, Tom? Biden wins the music. Just wanted to make that point. Nobody ever wanted to play for Trump, ever. Um, when he was having his inauguration in 2017, Tony Orlando of Tie Yellow Ribbon playing was the biggest one. And then the girl who came second on uh, America's Got Talent, even on, on one of the, their performance nights, the B Street Band, who were a Bruce Tribute tribute band, they actually withdrew from the inauguration. So Trump never got the bands, but last night Biden at Lady Gaga, Jennifer Lopez, Justin Timberlake, the Foo Fighters, Demi Lovato, John Bon Jovi, still not forgiven for fairy tale, and uh, John Lennon, uh, John Legend, and the real Bruce Springsteen actually performed as well. So there were great performances. I thought John Legend's version of Feeling Good was absolutely standout. So music, apart from a new president, music has gone through the roof again. You it's all good. You didn't even mention Garth Brooks, but then for some it's too soon to mention Garth Brooks. I, in I, this, couldn't, in no, this I can't bring myself to. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that charred made me uncomfortable. <laughs> Tom, we will talk to you again the same time next week. I look forward to it. Stay with us. In the meantime, at the hard shoulder, we've got our third Thursday interview with Jason Sherlock coming up first. We get the latest news headlines. Here's Owen.